quick and dirty TFC edition of the Starting Eleven podcast. We look at a disappointing showing against Sporting Kansas City. We discuss VAR, look at some of TFC 2's promising prospects, and discuss where Toronto FC needs to go from here to turn their season around. All that and more coming up on the Starting Eleven podcast. Hello and welcome to the Starting Eleven podcast. I'm your host, Justin Borrow, and with me today is Peter Robinson. Support local football. Always. <laughs> uh, and so uh, it's just a two-man show today as we do another quick and dirty TFC rundown um, after last night's disappointing showing uh, against Sporting Kansas City. Uh, the game ended in a 2-2 draw after a late equalizer by super sub Jordan Hamilton, uh, assisted by Ryan Telfer. Um, so, Peter, let's look at the the positives right now. So they, they ended up getting a point out of it. Um, the, 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 there was parts of the team that looked that looked good. Uh, Richie Larea was another bright star. Uh, Justin Morrow looked good. Um, I mean, you were down at the game. What did you, what did you kind of take away from it in, in its entirety? Um, I think that both Larea and Morrow did really well spreading the play, um, and giving them that actual wing attack, uh, and feeding the ball into Hamilton or uh, sorry, Boyd. Um, as much as it was a little bit of a, a wrestling match for Boyd a little bit in the box, um, he did do a decent job. I'll give it that. I'll give that to him. He did do a decent job of sort of creating stuff in the box. He had one good header that uh, ended up being offside. But you know what? It, it's it's bright spots, right? So let's let's take the bright spots from this. Boyd actually was getting some headers. He was making some decent runs. He didn't really have a lot of heavy touches um, this match. So I think this might be a little bit of a turnaround for Terrence Boyd. As much as it hurts to say, it might be. Um, but yeah, no, I was really impressed with Larea and Morrow down the wings. Um, I think Simon had a decent game. Um, Moore still leaves a little bit to be desired from a center back. Um, and Zavaleta was, I mean, he was, he was halftime substitute. Well, not halftime substitute, but he was a, a close to half substitute. So, I mean... He, he really was uh, insignificant this game. I mean, Larea and, and Morrow really have sort of solidified that that wing position, um, and they, they kind of seem to be working well and, and getting the balls into the box. Um, to touch on the Terrence Boyd issue, uh, looking at the positives of it, he did get to a lot of balls. I still think that the quality of his touches is still not there, and he, he still lacks the finesse to finish, um, which is, I think, like step number one if you're a striker um but i, I do want to see him to continuing to kind of come into his uh, his role and and hopefully you know if he gets a little bit more playing time we'll start to to see him kind of grow i, I know that he's uh feeling frustrated with how um he's been adjusting to the league uh and i i feel like we should um you know maybe pump the brakes on um, all of the uh, the negativity that we've been throwing at him and, and maybe kind of see how the season plays out uh, and, and see if he can turn it around uh, and go from there. Um, so the one thing that I did notice about the game was, uh, once again, we, we did have an, an incident regarding uh, MLS refereeing where uh, it seemed to kind of slow the game down. Um, there were some really questionable calls, um, mainly the Drew Moore uh, penalty call that was made in the, the 21st minute there. Um, and... Uh, 
I'm just kind of wondering, like, did you find that the team was getting frustrated with the referee? I, I know that there was a moment where uh, Liam Frazier kind of uh, lost his cool on the referee, and, and the team kind of seemed to be boiling over, letting their emotions get the best of them. Um, what was what were your thoughts on that that first penalty there? Uh, I mean, it was it was kind of a tight call. I, I thought it was a little bit weak. Um, what what did you think? So to me, the penalty was super weak. You know, when contact was first initiated by Moore. Um, giving a little bit of a grab, uh, Gerso was outside of the box. So at that point, it can't be a penalty. I know when he finally did go down, his left foot was inside the box. So, I mean, to me, it's a horrible call. Like, I don't know how you give a penalty on a call like that. He's not facing the goal. He's not, um, you know, he's got two or three defenders around him. That can't be a penalty. Um, it was not a scoring chance by any means. No, it wasn't a scoring chance. And that's that's the part that really frustrated me, frustrated the players, frustrated the rest of the fans that were at the stadium last night. Uh, the fact that, you know, more than likely he was going to take that ball down and he wasn't going to turn on it. He was going to play it off to somebody. So at that point, it's not a, it's not a scoring opportunity. Um, so I think to go to VAR and still give the penalty um, goes to show sort of how uh, I hate to say it but how bush league these referees can be at times and sitting in the support section everyone around me was was uh, yeah throwing a bunch of expletives at the referee and um, you know at the VAR officials because of uh, of this call so it kind of uh, set the tone for the rest of the match, to be honest. It did. And I mean, the fact that, you know, both of these goals uh, came off of a VAR decision uh, is frustrating. Um, we'll get to the second one in a, in a minute here. But I mean, in regards to the first one, um, the one issue I'm still having, and we've mentioned this countless times on the podcast, is um, when it comes down to the idea of a clear and obvious error. Uh, you know, the referee originally gave a free kick, which I think was the the better call or, or the right call in that in that case. Um, I, I just didn't see enough in it for it to be considered a clear and obvious error by the VAR officials um, to send the referee, you know, to VAR to go look at it. Um, it the the contact was i mean minor at, at best and at the end of the day like if we're going to be calling every little bit of minor contact uh, i think it's really going to 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 kind of put a damper on the um, defensive play within the league. Like, I feel like you have to give the defending player a little bit of benefit of the doubt. Um, like you said, there there wasn't a, a clear goal score, a clear goal scoring opportunity. It was definitely outside of the box, kind of on the line there. Um, it wasn't as though he was in a break and, and more kind of, you know, ran in and, and shoved him over. It, it was very gentle. Uh, and I think that the player kind of brought himself to the ground. Um, so, I mean, I, I just, I want to see a little bit more consistency when it comes to VAR. Uh, and I, I kind of hope that... Um, the because I know that we saw yesterday that um, the MLS now has a VAR Twitter page where they act, <laughs> and I and I, I'm hoping that they will start to do what like the NHL does, where they can actually explain why they gave the call or why they felt it was a clear and obvious error. I mean, we might not always agree, but at least in that case, it, it gives the fans an opportunity to see you know what their thinking was on the on the matter. And um, do you think that would be a good idea to to sort of have these little breakdowns of each VAR call that is made? Made by the VAR official uh, and explaining why it was given? Uh, I think so. And I think you could use someone like Howard Webb, who I think is head of MLS officiating. Um, if if he was to do, you know, a little, a little video and say, this is why it was a penalty, 
I think that would hold so much more water with the fans and with um, with supporters around the world than if there's just a little, you know, hundred word, not even, um, you know, a t- Twitter remark about why it was a penalty. Because half the time, let's let's be honest, half the time they're just stating a rule, and you know, rules can be misconstrued and they can be sort of seen in different lights and things like that. So I think if you have the head of officiating, like when Brendan Shanahan was doing the uh, the suspensions and things like that um, for the NHL, I think if you had the head of officiating sort of giving a video on this is why it was a penalty and that's the end of the, that's the end of that. Uh, I think and, that's what you need. And just to touch on that, like that's one of the things that I really appreciate about the, um, the, the player safety um, panel in the NHL is that they, they come out, they show you the video of the play. And then uh, I think when Brendan Shanahan was doing it, he would give you a breakdown of what happened in the play, what the rule states, and then how the, the player violated that rule in what they were doing. So it kind of, it, it gives you not only the rule and not only the play, but it puts into context for you and sort of mm-hmm. what their thinking is behind it. Right. And I mean, I feel like that is a, a, um, a great example of something that the MLS could do to sort of help with um, with explaining these decisions because they they have kind of seemed to be random. Um, they it seems like that there are some clear cut calls that VAR should be making that they aren't, and then you have some that are sort of really minuscule, like the one last night that was sort of like a fraction of a hair, and it's going to VAR, and it's like where's the what's the definition now of clear and obvious? Because it doesn't seem to really have a definition. It seems to kind of just be whatever we feel. And that's not okay because it leaves um, every time that a goal goes in the net now, it's going to leave you know fans feeling anxious and, and weary because they, they don't really know what the VR official is going to be looking at or what they're going to be doing. Um, but let's move on from that. I feel like we've beat VAR on the head quite enough on this podcast. Um, let's talk about another bright spot in our um in the game uh so ryan telfer was recalled from uh york nine in uh, the cpl to come back up to play for one game um now maybe you could just explain to people because there was a lot of people on twitter that were kind of getting really upset about this um they didn't understand exactly why maybe you can explain um how telfer's contract works and why he was able to be recalled to tfc for the game yeah, so TFC kind of did it in a smart way when they loaned him out to York 9 where they included a clause in his contract that um, he could be recalled on an emergency basis um, whenever they need him. And to be honest, that's the reason that he's at York 9 is because he can get uh, professional football close to home um, as opposed to going to Ottawa or um, you know anywhere in the USL as well. Um, so TFC was really smart the way that they kind of worked that um, and it worked out for them. I mean... Come on, the guy comes on in the 85th minute and makes a great run, uh, crosses the ball to Jordan Hamilton, who who ties it up. So, um, you know, it, it couldn't have worked out any better for them. And he, he's looked really good for York Knight. He scored the first ever CPL goal um, in the inaugural match against Hamilton, or against Forge, I should say. Um, so, I mean, it's... Uh, it's been pretty good for him. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think he, he looked great in the, you know, the the five minutes that he was on for or the 10 minutes that he came on for. Um, and I, I'm glad that they've added that clause in because I, I think he's a great player. And I, I do believe that um, his the CPL will be great for him to um, sort of hone in some of his skills and, and kind of get the gain, the maturity and the experience that he needs um, for TFC. But I also think that... Um, 
that his caliber is higher than the CPL right now. And I think that he should be playing in the MLS. So I think it's kind of nice that he's able to get sort of the best of both worlds there. And he can help out a local club with York 9 FC, but also still be recalled to, to help TFC when they're in need. And, and he did that last night with assisting uh, Hamilton's goal. Now let's, we've talked about the positives from the game. Now let's look at some of the negatives here. Um, TFC are winless in seven um, yeah. not a good streak. We're dropping points at home to teams that we shouldn't be losing to, uh, or dropping points to, um, you know, we, we have a, a gritty part of the season coming up, the gold cups coming up. Um, you know, so we're going to have some players away on international duty and, uh, it's, it's kind of looking like, um, the, the team is sort of running out of options here. Uh, and I'm just kind of wondering, we, we've talked about, you know, the big red button in regards to Greg Vanny. Um, we've talked about Omar Gonzalez coming on. Um, what do you think that the, the team needs to do to sort of, you know, put a plug in this, this really bad leak that we have? I mean, it's hard to say because, you know, what, what do you do bar let go of the manager? You know, your squad is the squad that you have. You signed Omar Gonzalez on TAM money. So now, you realistically, you don't really have much money to go around unless you're going to do a, uh, pull a trade or something like that with another team. Um, but at that point, you're giving up you know, a current squad player or a TFC2 player or something like that. Um, so someone for the future hoping to recover a season that Let's be honest, we just lost to Sporting Kansas City, who was missing two of their best players. Or we just, sorry, drew um, Sporting Kansas City, who were missing two of their best players. And we went down twice in that game. Yeah, uh, I mean, went down twice on on penalties. And, um, you know, the, the second penalty was a little bit more easier to swallow because it, it sort of, you know, it was a little bit more clear, in my opinion. Um, you know, Delion went in, missed the ball, planted his foot, uh, the player tripped over it, and I mean, it was like I said, still not a great call, but I I, I can understand it more than I did the the Moore one. Um, so I mean, on the bright side, both um, like on the positive side, both of Sporting Kansas City's goals came from uh, from penalties, from VAR decisions, which I feel like at that point it's kind of out of your hands. Uh, it wasn't like they were scored in open play, so I, I feel like defensively we were a little bit better there. Um, but on the the downside, we're still dropping points at home, and and you know if we continue on this run, it's going to be really difficult for us to to claw back into um, playoff contention. Thankfully, we're not you know too far gone right now, but you know, we have to kind of put a, a plug in this leak. Now, one of the things I want to talk to you about is uh, we've mentioned him on the podcast before. He's a player that we all seem to kind of like. Um, uh, Jacob Schaffelberg, uh, you know, he just got a USL player of the week um, this past week. And, uh, you know, he's been he's been having a, a hell of a good run with TFC too. Um, what do you think about, you know, maybe bringing him up and, and giving him some some playing minutes in the team and, and seeing if he can maybe bring some of that youth, some of that energy that we need to, to sort of, you know, make some changes. We haven't seen uh, Akinola much either. I feel like, you know, you put him and uh, him and Schaffelberg out there and kind of let the two youngins uh, run around, you know, let their let their energy and, and their youth kind of um, help to propel the team forward. I mean, I feel like you'll see a lot more, um, maybe some more uh, impulsive decisions with that because you don't really have the maturity there. But I feel like that the, the energy that you would find might might be a positive because right now we seem to be running out of gas. Well, yeah, they need to they need to sort of inject some sort of pace, some sort of excitement into the, the squad right now. Um, I, I I was just listening to a few of the fans standing around me at the match yesterday, um, and a lot of them are 
are frustrated with the current state of how TFC play. Um, it seems that our center defenders get more touches than our forwards, get more touches than our uh, some of our midfielders even, because they're too busy just trying to play the ball from side to side along the back line. Uh, you know, between Zavaleta, Moore, Saman, back to Zavaleta, back to Moore, back. It's just, it's too much. Uh, they're they're trying to be too methodical with the build-up play. They're trying to be too, too uh, calm with the build-up play. When, let's be honest, Toronto sports fans and uh, the MLS in general sort of feed off of the exciting squads. If you look at LAFC, LAFC is a sort of like, they're a very exciting attacking squad. LA is a very exciting attacking squad if you watch them play. A lot of times they just want to get the ball forward and they want to move it around inside the other team's half, whereas TFC seem to be very, very content keeping the ball in our own half or uh, keeping our ball, keeping the ball around our defenders, which to me, you're not going to score a goal from your center backs at half. So try to get the ball up. Try to get it into the other box. Try to get it down the wings. And I think that's why Larea and Moro were so effective yesterday was because they were actually attacking defenders. They were actually making those those overlapping runs that TFC needs to make. Um, they're missing they're missing a lot. I think if you bring in Schaffelberg, he's a wide player. He's going to give you a little bit of pace on the wing. Got to change the formation a little bit too. Um, I, I really think that Vanny needs to look at what he has in TFC2 and sort of take away the players on the current uh, first team who aren't cutting it. So th there's players on the first team that I don't think we've seen them all season. Or if we have, we've only seen them play once or twice. Um, and at that point, if they're not being used effectively and they're not giving you the effective minutes, find someone else who will. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and take a chance on somebody else, right? Um, I, I think that uh, we, I, I would like to see more of Jay Chapman as well. I think that he's a player that can really give you a good solid, you know, 15, 20 minutes at the end of the game to, to kind of bring a little bit of that spark that you need. Um, but I do agree with you. And I think it's time to start looking to TFC2 uh, and start kind of um, using our academy players to help to, to bolster our squad. Uh, and we have to stop kind of relying on these these first team players that we we haven't really had any faith in nor seen any sort of um, real quality in. Um, and so basically coming up now, uh, our next game is at home. It's against um, no, it's away. Sorry, it's uh, it's against Dallas. Um, and Dallas is also on a very similar run to us. So they're six, six and three. Uh, Toronto FC are currently five, six and four. Um this is going to be a really tough match going away. Um, it's not a great place to play. Uh, the field's not great. Um, you know, we're dealing with, we're going to be coming off. Uh, we have a lot of players to be coming off of international duty. Um, so, I mean, what are you expecting out of this game? Are you, are you expecting to see a, a lot of, um, uh, a lot of bench players coming on to kind of fill in? Or do you think Vanny's going to go with a very similar team to what we saw last night? Honestly, I feel like Vanny's going to take this as another throwaway game. Um, you're missing three of your best players. Um, I, I think this is going to be an Alex Bono start game. Um, I mean, Dallas doesn't score a lot of goals. They've only scored 20 goals this season, but they've also conceded 20. Um, so the, there's the 
there's the opportunity for us to score, but it's almost equal the opportunity for us to get scored on. Um, yes. But I do feel like Vanny takes this as kind of a throwaway game and sort of goes back into his uh, his idea that, you know what, let's we're away from home. It's probably going to be hella hot there compared to what it's been in Toronto, which has been horrible for the past few weeks, bar the, fast, the past couple of days. Um, but... Oh man, it's it's getting it's getting really difficult. Like it's getting really difficult to watch. Um, you know, yesterday was really bad. The Vancouver game, I think we all kind of had a consensus that it was a snooze fest. Um, and yesterday, I mean, it was until until TFC scored, till DeLeon scored. Uh, but against Dallas, I I don't want him to to count it as a throwaway game. Because we can't, we can't afford that right now, and I don't think he can afford that right now. Oh yeah, no, he's on the hot seat. I think at this point, and I, I feel like you know we're he's a couple bad results away from from losing his job, or at least he should be. Um, I feel like in any other team that would be the case. Now, the only thing I want to say is that if he does see it as a throwaway game, which I hope he doesn't, um, I, I would hope then that we would see you know some TFC two players maybe brought in, or we we would see him actually make some drastic changes and actually try something else to see if it works. Um, I feel like I would be okay with that, um, just because I feel like right now nothing else seems to be working and the team kind of seems to be at a standstill. And so I, I feel like if he were to try to inject some youth into the team and and bring up like a Schaffelberg or, you know, play an Akinola or just sort of really try to change up the team, change up the squad and, and see if that bolsters us, I would be okay with that. Um, yeah. But the one thing that I, I'm looking for, like I said a couple weeks ago, is I just want to see the fight. Uh, it was nice last night to see, you know, the, that equalizer late in the game. It showed that they weren't giving up and uh, that we were able to salvage a point at least. But I feel like Toronto FC is now needs to start to turn this around because if they don't, it's going to be a another, you know, terrible season for us as fans. Yeah, it's it's getting close to that. So, um, you know, our... Uh... Our points per game is slowly, slowly dropping um, to the point where we're in seventh right now in the Eastern Conference. Um, and Orlando's right behind us. Chicago's right behind us. Columbus is right behind us. Uh, you know, we're at 19 points. Columbus, who's in, what, 10th, has 17. New England has 16. So there's kind of a log jam for that, for that seventh spot. Um, and I mean, New York City above us has 23. So they're four points ahead of us. Um, so if we start to drop games, there's a good, good chance that we could go down to second last in the East uh, within one match. Which is disappointing seeing how we had such a promising start to the season. Um, but I mean, I'm very similar to last year where the, the Champions League was our promising run and then everything kind of just started to fall off. So, uh, I mean, let's try to stay positive. Let's uh, let's see what happens in Dallas and uh, let's see if uh, Toronto FC is able to um, start to sort of get this bus back on track. Yeah, I agree. Um, just big shout out to uh, Ryan and Jimmy over there at York 9. They got a good kid there with Ryan Telfer. Um, and, you know, obviously they've done some good things with him. Um you know, for him to be able to come off the bench and provide a spark right away. Uh, they've always been giving him the good coaching down there. So, you know, thank you very much. <laughs> Shout out to them for sure. And that's going to do it for us here on the Starting 11 podcast. 
TFC edition. Thank you so much for joining us. While we have you here, please make sure that you guys go and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast media. And check out our website, a lot of great written content by Peter Robinson, www.xipodcast.com. Uh, and yeah, it's it's been great, man. The two-man shows are always hard sometimes, but it's uh, I always love talking to you about TFC. And uh, let's hope that they can uh, turn this around. So uh, on behalf of Peter Robinson... I'd say support local football, but now you've kind of seen the content that, uh, you know, can come from the CPL in Ryan Telfer. So, you know, now it's an even better chance to go support local football. Go watch York 9, go watch Forge. You know, if you're in Halifax, go watch HFX. Uh, you know, if you're in Winnipeg, go see Valor, Cavalry, Edmonton, Pacific. Go find a CPL club and support. Support it, guys. It's it's totally worth it. And uh, you've been doing great work with your coverage on it. So, uh, you know, we really appreciate that. And it's been great to read what you've been what you've been doing there. So uh, keep it up. And, uh, yeah, on behalf of myself, Justin Boro, uh, next week, hopefully Chengiz Khan will be back in the mix with us. And uh, until then, we'll talk to you guys next time.